You are listening to Sports Roundtable. Hello, everyone. Welcome once again to Sports Roundtable. My name is Bob Branco. This is episode 251. Glad to be here today, along with several of my panelists. Well, there are, I'll explain while I'm introducing the panel who's here and who isn't. We start out with the Reverend Michael Garrett. Hello, everybody. Welcome from a stormy Missouri City, Texas. You're getting a lot of rain in those parts lately, all the way from yeah. the tropics. <laughs> yes. Peter Alchel. Good afternoon from a sultry and disgusting Columbia, Missouri. Disgusting? Yes, disgusting. Okay. It's, you know, it's, it's I'll, I'll stop there. I won't even ask questions. Don't ask. <laughs> Don't ask. Don Wardlow is under the weather, so he will not be joining us for today's program. We wish him well and that he comes back next week fully recovered. And Luther King has not yet arrived. Luther, welcome. Thank you. From a very stormy, with currently flash flood warning in this area, in Nashville, Tennessee. All right. Well, before we continue, we do have a special guest lined up. Uh, at least for part of the program today, and I'll, I'll get to that in a moment. But I do want to express my thanks to those who help us out. We start out with Raymond Gay, our producer, our website designer, Jacqueline Sylvia of JS Web Solutions, who archives Sports Roundtable on my website, which is www.brancoevents.com. I also want to thank Tom and Lynn from Rosie's Place Chatline, who posts our shows, And I also want to thank the media outlets for airing our shows, those who wished to do so. And I also want to thank Diane. She is our facilitator for today's program. Diane, thank you for taking the time today to be with us and to work with us. We really appreciate you. You're welcome. Some of you, hopefully more than just some of you, are interested in NASCAR racing. Admittedly, I don't follow it very much, but I know what it is. And I guess once in a while, they allow passengers to ride with the drivers and share the experience along with the driver. Well, today we have one of those people with us. She's going to talk to us about what it was like for her to share that experience. Colby Garrison. Colby, thank you for taking the time today. We appreciate you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. What I'm going to do is I'm going to have the three panelists alternate questions. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start off and I want to ask you, what prompted you to want to take part with the NASCAR scene? So I was contacted by NASCAR. So this is not, (laughs) this was uh, something that you don't just get to do. Um, But I was contacted by NASCAR and they said that they would like to do a story on me and how I follow and take in the sport Um, from, you know, my different perspective. I've been totally blind since birth um, and I am just an avid, avid uh, fan of the sport. I grew up listening to the sport on the radio. Um, I can remember family members and relatives having 
the NASCAR races on the radio, just in different situations. And I was drawn to how the radio commentators describe everything that's happening. Um, and so that's how I really kind of got into it. Um, but as far as what prompted, uh, you know, the me to be able to to have the experience, I was contacted by NASCAR. Um, okay, just one more addendum I have to my original question. How did NASCAR find out who you were? Well, I've... I, that I don't know. <laughs> um, I I am active, um, you know, on Facebook and Twitter, um, and I I follow the sport um, very very avidly on those platforms. Um, Twitter is probably more of how I consume some of my NASCAR content than Facebook, but they both play a role in how I follow the sport. Um, but I have been to a few races. I got to sing the national anthem in 2013 for um, what was then the Nationwide Series uh, race, and uh, now known as the Xfinity Series, if you are a current follower of the sport. Um, but I won a contest to sing the national anthem at Charlotte Motor Speedway. So that was my first um, real at-track experience that I had, even after following the sport for several years prior to that. And um, so I'm, I'm not sure, uh, you know, they've somehow <laughs> uh, found out about me. I, I think, um, you know, my, my sister has a friend who is an associate producer. Um, and so she may have, have said something. And so I, I don't know. I was just, I was contacted and I was honored to say yes. Okay. Peter. Colby, uh, welcome again. And I'm just curious for, for those who know very little about NASCAR, what is NASCAR? All right. NASCAR is a form of auto racing. So there are cars going around tracks, different shaped tracks. So each track that they race at is different. There are 36 races per year that make up the NASCAR season. And there are several different series or levels within NASCAR. So you have the Cup Series, which is kind of the major leagues, the big leagues, the big guys, the top level. The Xfinity Series, which is a step below the Cup Series. So still nationally known, um, nationally you know, traveled. They have a total of 33 races in their season each year. And then the NASCAR truck series, which are trucks instead of cars, and they have a total of 23 races in their season each year. But the object of NASCAR, if you will, is there are a whole lot of people doing a whole lot of stuff to try and help their driver who is driving the car to win the race. So each race is different in its length of as far as how many miles it is um, and how many laps around the track it is. And then um, you have some tracks that are road courses. So on a road course, the cars are turning left and right on a standard kind of what is known as a NASCAR track. The cars 
only turn left. That's probably it, maybe in a nutshell, and I'm happy to uh, answer any other questions. <laughs> That's great. Thank you for that. What, what, what other follow-up question? How does one pro uh, progress from the Xfinity to, to, to the major leagues, if you will? So that is dependent on sponsorship. So if you are able to find sponsors to pay to sponsor or pay for all of the costs incurred and associated with, you know, having a car or truck in the truck series, Xfinity series and cup series. And then of course, it's also based on the driver's talent. If a driver is, you know, shows a lot of promise in the truck series, they will move up to Xfinity typically and move up to cup again, dependent upon, you know, sponsorship and a whole lot of other factors. But those are two big ones that I can think of uh, being sponsorship. So money and driver ability and talent as well. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. Michael. Yeah. Hi, Kobe. Hello. This is Michael again. Uh, I've, I've never been a real big race car, NASCAR fan, but from time to time, several drivers kind of, kind of stick out to me. And one of the uh, drivers, of course, you being a female, one of the, one of the drivers that always kind of kind of uh, I, I kind of cotton to was Danica Patrick and right. and, <laughs> and and you mentioned the sponsorship I, I, I was reading about her and it said that she uh, got permission from her parents to go to to England to to race and one of the reasons she had to come back to to the states was she didn't get enough uh, sponsorship uh, while she was there but uh, she had a, a brief, but what I would consider successful career, being a female in a in a male-dominated sport. If you were to meet her, what would your conversation be like with her? So I I did have the chance to meet her in 2014. Oh, great. Um, great! I didn't great. I didn't get to have a conversation, but I got to say hello and let her know I was a fan and I have a picture. Um, I would just love to, you know, just kind of know, um, I mean, I know about her career. Um, she was very successful from a marketing standpoint. And again, just that female factor of being a female in a male dominated sport. Um, unfortunately, she was her, she did not win any races, um, but I know she tried and fought like all get out to, you know, be as successful um, as she could be. But I would just love to kind of know, you know, what drives her, what keeps her going, and how does she handle things when, you know, they aren't going like she would want for them to. Good, good. Luther, what is your question, Luther? Well, my question is, how did NASCAR select who you would be paired with to get the experience to go around the racetrack. So that was just something that they worked out. I'm not sure how that all of that process happened. The 
story that they did on me, there's a four-part video series on YouTube, on the NASCAR YouTube channel. So that's how you can find it if you're interested in watching. It is called Vivid, the Perspective of a Blind NASCAR Fan. So there are four episodes. And um, the experience with riding and going around the track, being in the car, is episode three. And that was with Jeff Burton, who is a, he drove in the 1990s and early 2000s and um, is now a commentator for NBC Sports, which, um, and for their NASCAR kind of crew, which is either you can catch uh, their commentary during the races and um, on either the USA Network or NBC. Um, It depends from week to week. As to which television channel it's on. And I think also on Peacock as well, if you have that. So I think there's another way you can catch it. Probably so, yes. So can you, this is Peter, can you talk about uh, your experience in that race car in vivid detail? I can. (laughs) Uh, You can watch that in the story um, also if you would like, but... There was so much to take in, so much going on, so much movement that you're, as your, your body is moving, as you're riding in the car, the G forces, I mean, you can literally feel yourself being held in place by gravity as you're going around the track and you couldn't move in the opposite direction if you wanted to. It's obviously very, very loud. It's also very, very hot. I had on a fireproof driver's suit and it is multi-layered and um, it was it was very hot. And I um, just, there was so much to take in. And what made it so much more enlightening for me was how Jeff Burton took the time to describe concepts and physically show me the terminology and the concepts that I had been hearing about on television and on the radio. I primarily consume or listen to all of the races on the radio. I'll watch on TV very occasionally, but I always have uh, my phone or the iPad up, um, you know, at hand to listen to the radio commentary because they, they tell you everything that's happening. TV they're good at it doesn't maybe do just, it justice I, it doesn't I know, yes I, I know what you're talking about because i you know i i was listening to the race part of it yesterday uh-huh. and i'm thinking because i've always wanted to know like because <clears throat> i listen to like fred striegel and alex hayden who moved jeff into striegel, joe moore, yes. jeff striegel moved into joe moore's spot yes. after last year what are your thoughts on um rusty wallace as a third man of the booth I I enjoy his commentary and he is very, very nice. I've had the opportunity to meet him uh, once a few years ago at the track. I I did like, I did like the late Barney Hall though. I mean, he. Oh yes. Barney Hall is also a a late MRN commentator. Uh, He he, was, he was wonderful. It was like, he, he, he was like the Vin Scully of NASCAR. He brought, he brought the race to you. Like basically you were just sitting at a bar. All of them do. All of the commentators mm-hmm. uh, do that. That that is that's what I mean. That's why I listen listen each week. They just capture, you know, your attention. Yeah. Um, and the more you follow the sport, the more those concepts and terminology make sense. I will say, just being at the racetrack, um, as you know, I've been fortunate to to be at several races, and I always learn something new every single time. Um, something else that captured my attention while riding in the car with Jeff was how 
it's there's a definitely a rhythm that you can feel as you go around the track several times, but there's also a lot of starting and stopping. The car is always in motion, yep. Uh, but when they slow down and decelerate to go into the turns, it's a a quick deceleration. And then as you're coming out of the turns and you're accelerating to go back onto the back straightaway or the front stretch, um, it's you know, it's fast, but there, you can definitely feel a rhythm to what's going on, um, you know, as, as you're riding in the car. And before someone asks, I do not know how fast I was going. Um, <laughs> I did not, I did not, uh, I didn't get the speed that we were going at, but um, Jeff did think- mention to me at one point that he wanted to go faster and he would have gone faster with me, but the car was not set up to do that. So. I think on what I've heard, I think it's I think it's a little bit slower than an indie racing car because I think indie race cars I think go like two fifty. I think they go like two hundred or so. I think if I heard if I heard correctly, it may have accelerated since I last heard it, but I think it's like two hundred RPMs, so it's pretty fast. It so was Kobe, definitely were you, quick. Were, were you able to uh, did did Jeff let you like? look at the controls and, and see exactly no, how the, how the I, panel. No, I didn't get to see the panel um, in the car. I didn't get to see any of that. Um, but it, it is an experience I will always remember um, with a huge smile um, and just how, you know, everybody that I came in contact with, with while NASCAR was doing this story um, was just so, it's so nice, so genuinely interested in my perspective. And, you know, they, I always appreciate it when people see past the blindness and see the mm-hmm. person behind it. And everybody just wanted to know, you know, more about me as a person. Um, you know, my, my blindness was there, but it yeah. wasn't the primary focus. And that is something that always stands out to me when it happens. So Colby, have you have you been on an amusement park ride, like a roller coaster or something like that, in in your days uh, growing up? Did you ever go on a roller coaster or something like that? I have. Okay, C- can you compare sort of the motion, the speed, and the g forces and all that to to uh, to the experience you had going around the track in that car? Um, I can, but I would I would not equate it to that okay. um, because there aren't like sudden you know, really fast drops or anything like that. It's more of a continuous motion where sometimes you're going really, really fast. And then other times you slow down and you're turning or curving um, is probably how I would describe it. If you're looking for that sort of an analogy. No, that, that that's very helpful. I was just trying to figure out what amusement cart, uh, amusement park ride best, you know, uh, uh, it's, or it's most similar to the experience. When you finally finished on the experience, how were you able to like compartmentalize everything you went through or were you still able to compartmentalize once the, you know, day in the car, being around, being in the pit areas and things like that when you were done after the day was over? Um, I mean, there was a lot to process and definitely a lot to take in, but it was, I, I just, I loved every single minute of just everything that I got to do while doing that story for NASCAR. There was not a part of it that I found, 
you know, boring or not fun in the least. Um, it what, was, was it, what was it like it was being, great. what was it like being, you know, when Burton was in the pit, like when you look, when you were looking at that, when you were, you know, in that process of when Burton stopped at the pit, like if they were doing a, I don't know, tire change or, you know. So that was not, I didn't do that with Jeff Burton. I did get Ah. to go to a race shop. um, And this is episode two of Vivid in case anyone is interested, but I got to go to a race shop and experience um, being a pit crew member for a day. So (laughs) they broke down all of the, positions in a pit stop and showed me how everybody moves around the car as they're performing the pit stop. And then unbeknownst to me, I got to ride in a car during a pit stop. And that was, uh, that was really fun. Um, And that really brought home just how fast those pit stops occur and all of the motion that is involved in a pit stop, just the sounds and the scents and the smells and just all everything that goes on in those 10 seconds. Um, there's a lot, a lot that happens. It feels like a clandestine operation that has to be done in a very fluid manner. It's a lot of controlled chaos. Colby, how many laps in a race? It depends. Um, depends on, again, depends on, you know, uh, who's sponsoring the race. And so, um, yesterday at Daytona, they raced and it was the Coke zero sugar 400. So there were 400 miles and that is a, oh my goodness, two or two and a half mile track. Um, so three, I think there was a total of 300 and something laps. I can't remember exactly. Um, but it depends on, you know, the, the sponsors and the number of laps depend on how large the track is. So some tracks like Martinsville Speedway or Richmond Raceway, which are both in Virginia, are short tracks. So you're talking 0.78 miles or, you know, three fourths of a mile. Martinsville Speedway in Martins in Ridgeway, Virginia is a half a mile is that length. Um, tracks like Daytona or Talladega, which is in Talladega, Alabama, can be two and a half miles in length. Road courses can be even longer. Um, so the longer the track, the shorter amount of laps that you will have, um, but it just depends on sponsorship. Colby, one more question from me, and that is, how is this experience uh, uh, with the pit stop and uh, in the uh, race car, how has this experience changed the way you view NASCAR? It has fundamentally and exponentially enhanced <laughs> how I just my love of the sport. It was very enlightening because it brought home so many concepts and terminology that I've heard of on the radio or television. It made those very real for me, getting to feel the different parts of the car, getting to, you know, ride in the car with Jeff Burton and have him explain when you hear this, this is what this feels like. When we say this, this is what we're talking about. Um, When, you know, when when you hear this term, this is what this feels like. That was just, that was incredible. Um, and then I would say special because of all of the people that I got to meet who took their time to understand my perspective and who wanted to understand how I experienced the sport. And then fun 
because it was just so much fun. The entire experience of getting to tell my story and share how I love NASCAR in a different way than someone who can see. Um, but also to, you know, let people know I'm Colby first. And the only difference mm -hmm. between someone who can see and myself is that you have sight and I don't, but my life, my world, and my love of NASCAR is no less detailed, no less rich, and no less vivid because I may take in things in a different way. So do you have plans to make a, a track circuit? <laughs> I would love to do that. Um, somebody asked me, I got several questions about, you know, who's your favorite driver? I don't have one. You know, what racetracks do you want to visit? All of them. So I would love to, uh, I'd love to visit all of the tracks on the NASCAR circuit and just uh, kind of get an idea of the differences with each track by having that at track experience. Well, did you ever get a chance to hear any of the like radio chatter in the car or was that only at the, when you were. So I was not, yeah, I was not in the car during an active race, but I have a scanner whenever I'm at the track or listening at home on the NASCAR app. Um, I will switch over to driver, the in-car driver audio. If, um, if there's a wreck or something like that. Um, but you can listen to that. You know, you don't have to be at the racetrack to enjoy the in-car audio from drivers. I think you can get that on Sirius XM too, on their, on their channel. They have yeah, I think so. For that stuff. Yeah. A very yeah, limited so. selection, but you ah. can also access it. You can access all of the drivers and their audio through the NASCAR app. Um, whenever there's an active race, you can click on the scanner button and it is a paid feature. So you will have to pay for it, but uh, it's worth it. It, it adds a whole new kind of dimension as well to what's occurring, um, you know, at, at the racetrack. Or like I said, if you're just at home listening. I know sometimes on the radio side, they will go, you know, talk to one of the drivers while in car while they're racing. So they get to, you know, chat with them for like a hot second or two. Yes, it's always very quick. Yeah, it has to be. Because you don't, you don't want the driver to lose concentration while he's trying to race. Exactly. I think something else I definitely want to mention to give people a better understanding who may not follow NASCAR is that it's not all just about the driver. Yes, the driver plays a primary role, but there are so many other people who contribute to how the team performs as a whole. So you have the pit crew, and those are the people who are changing tires, refueling the car, jacking the car up and down so that everybody else can do their job. You've got the people at the race shops who are putting the cars together and, you know, fabricating. I mean, just the mechanics. Um, you have the crew chief who's at the racetrack calling the shots and deciding when to come in and pit, when to change tires, when to refuel. Um, there's a lot of strategy that's also involved with, you know, when do you pit versus when do you stay out on the track? If you're going to gain track position, sometimes it's advantageous to stay out and not pit if you can avoid coming in. Other times you're forced to come in and pit, if you will, because you've ran out of gas or somebody blows a tire and needs to change tires. So while the driver plays a central role, nothing else could happen without the without everybody else 
doing their jobs. So there's a whole lot of different parts that make up the whole to make NASCAR what it is. And then you also have the media who bring the sport to fans like myself. So you've got television, you have radio, you've mm-hmm. got social media who provides content. Um, so there's, I mean, you've got the hauler drivers who drive the big 18-wheeler hauler trucks from racetrack to racetrack and back to the race shop. Um, so there's just, there's so many people who make the sport what it is. And I appreciate you know, every single one of them, because without each one of them doing what they do, NASCAR would not be what it is. I think we get two minutes before the community opens up, I think. Yeah, we have about two minutes. And yeah. when we do, Colby, you're welcome to answer questions from the participants because we're going to open it up to them. Of course, we'd like to uh, talk about other things as well. A lot going on in the world of sports, but certainly we can always deal with NASCAR and a lot of people are curious about what you've said so far today about it. So that's cool. So why don't we open it up? What, what, why don't we open it up now? Well, it's not, it's not time to open it up now, but I do, I wanted to, you know, Pete, because I remember you sent me a email about Montgomery throwing that one hitter at Wrigley field. And that's hard to do at Wrigley field, no less where it's like, it plays small. Well, it all depends on the skill of the pitcher, as far as I'm and he, concerned. And he threw basically a 99-pitch one-hitter, they call him Maddox. Well, and the only but, comment that I have about sports before we open it up, and I'm, I'm willing to open it up now, but I do want right. to say one thing before we do that. The NFL went out of its way to add a 17th game to the football schedule, and they dropped a preseason game. Yet, despite all that, there's no football this week. Yay. Well, I mean, no, well, 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 you know where, where I'm going, Peter. How come there's no football this week? If it was well, such because, a problem. Because they they have to get it down to the best 53 because they have to get that done by tomorrow. Uh, yeah, but there's no football until a week from Thursday. How come there's no football this weekend? I, I think there's a simple answer to that question. College football. Yep. I think I th- I, the college football takes, sure. takes center, center college. state. Yeah, college football when was that de- Saturday. When was that determined? We never had this happen in the NFL before. Past two or three years, uh, there's always been a week of college football before the pro season starts. Look, and, I, and, yeah. and you know, I'm not here to uh, defend it. I'm no. just saying I think that's the reason. But I, okay. I have a I have a I have a projection that in the next year or two, don't be surprised. Instead of three, we get down to two. And the preseason starts even quicker, and they have even more time to determine their best fifty-three. So, you know, why is well, for a long for a long time that 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 week has been there? They yeah. re- remember the preseason now has been pushed up a week. We, yeah, we're starting like the week. second oh. week of August, right? Yeah, it I, used to I, be I like a, the first first week. I have, of a, August. I have a projection. We, I think, I think we may get to the point. Where instead of, you know, we have the second week of August, where it could be the last week of July and the first week of August, where we could get, you know, two preseason games and an 18 I game think it's too hot. I think it's too hot. And that's been proven with all the fights that have been in practices. Too hot to play football. Yeah. Uh, yeah you don't want to back it up ask, any further. Ask Aaron Donald and the Cincinnati Bengals on Thursday when Aaron Donald had two helmets and swung them. So let, let's 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 put and the now, on hold because yeah, let's try to open it up. 
So yes. Diane, let's, let's open questions primarily for Colby first. And then if people want to talk other stuff afterwards, we can do we can that. Do that. So, so let's have questions for Colby first. Yep. Okay. We have uh, three hands raised. Uh, Mitchell, you were first. <laughs> Good afternoon, Mitchell. How are you? Hey, guys. Hey, Mitchell. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Um, Kobe, you want to explain to the people about the podcast for NASCAR if they don't know about it, or do you know about them? So there are a lot of different NASCAR podcasts that NASCAR puts out. Um, favorites of mine are the Dale Jr. Download and Door Bumper Clear. Um, so if you are a NASCAR fan or if you just want to start learning more about NASCAR, I would encourage you to listen to some of those or just check out any of the podcasts that NASCAR offers on NASCAR.com. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Mitch. Diane. Okay. Next yep. is Pierre. Hello, Pierre. Pierre. Hey, Colby. What's up? Hi, um, Pierre. Yeah. Me and Kobe are both avid NASCAR fans. Uh, Kobe did uh, like your fire suit. I know how small you are. Did you have to get specially <laughs> fitted for that? Uh, no, um, they did not have one that would fit me. So we used a lot of safety pins. <laughs> <laughs> I, wonder how, I wonder how someone four feet, 10 inches tall would get in. <laughs> yeah, we used, we used a lot of safety pins. Those big giant ones. <laughs> Sa safety, safety pins and hair clips. And, lots, and, lots of the big safety pins. Yep. And uh, Kobe, if somebody wanted to listen to a race on MRN, what station would they tell their lady A to play? So if you want to listen, um, it, it, I would enable the NASCAR skill on your lady A device. So just if, if you don't have it enabled, you can tell her to enable NASCAR and then she will enable that skill. And then you can say play radio broadcast and it will play the uh, either there are two networks that broadcast on the radio, Motor Racing Network or MRN and Performance Racing Network or PRN. So the easiest way to listen on Lady A would be enable the NASCAR skill um, when a race is, you know, and if you know a race is going on, then just tell her to play the radio broadcast and she will provide you with that radio feed. Oh, okay. Thanks. Thank You're you. welcome. Thank okay, you, next Peter. is Don. Yes, uh, question about that that amazing crash at Daytona yesterday. I hope nobody I hope nobody came out of that injured. Were you listening to that, and what did you think about the, what what might have caused it, and what you know what what do they do from here? So I think it was caused by the track being wet from rain in particular spots. It was only raining um, along the front stretch at that point, um, but it rained very, very hard. So I'm sure there may have just been some puddles. I know that is the uh, consensus at this point. Um, unless something has changed today, I've been working, so I haven't been able to to catch up on if anything big has happened. But thankfully, nobody was injured. Um, everybody came out, you know, just fine. Um, and that is a testament to all of the safety measures that NASCAR has put in place 
since losing, um, since Dale Earnhardt Sr. lost his life in 2001. Um, they are constantly, you know, monitoring driver safety. When you're in the car, you are strapped in very, very tightly. You cannot move. The seat that the driver sits in is custom molded to their body. So it's custom molded to the contours of their their body. And then they have head and neck restraints. So there's a helmet that you wear. And then there is what's called a Hans device that goes around the front of your neck and over the back of your neck to keep your neck secure. So that if a crash does happen, you are, you know, you're as held in place as you can be. Um, and then, you know, that that helps with keeping you safe and keeping you less likely to get injured as well. We've come a long way from when uh, Rex Mays was thrown out of his car in 1949 and, and killed by an oncoming vehicle. We've certainly come a long way since then. Absolutely. Uh, anybody okay. else? Dan? Yes. Dan? Okay. Next is Cindy. Cindy. Hello, Cindy. Hi, Colby. How are you? I'm good. Hope you are. I'm great. Um, you were talking about how when you were little, how your your family used to have NASCAR on in the background. What age do you think you were when it actually caught your attention? Ah, when it caught my attention, I was probably I'd say around it was 2001. I mean, I remember listening to the Daytona 500 that year, which is the year that Dale Earnhardt Sr. was killed, um, and just kind of really listening, you know, over the years. Um, I can remember when it really probably captured my attention and I really wanted to start following it. I was probably maybe, I'd say 12 or 13. Um, so not too long after, you know, that 2001 time period, I ended up getting satellite Sirius XM satellite radio in 2011 because the local radio station that was carrying the races, I couldn't get it to come in clear any longer here, you know, at, at my house. And so I solved that problem by getting Sirius XM NASCAR or sorry, Sirius X, Sirius XM satellite radio. And they have a dedicated NASCAR channel that carries all the races, as well as um, has shows every day with different hosts and commentators and things like that. Um, and that just, again, really exponentially increased my understanding of the sport. Um, so, but yeah, I just, I, I've been a fan for a, a while now, at least. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Cindy. Uh, Diane. Next is Jane. Hi, Jane. Hi, Jane. Hello to all of you. So country, Kobe. <laughs> I love the sound of NASCAR, but all I keep thinking of is the old, and too old for you, I'm sure, the old Perry Como song that goes, find a wheel and put it round, round, round as it goes along. It makes a happy sound. And I think of that when I hear NASCAR. But what I think is very important is that when you love something, go learn about it. And you've done that. I remember talking to a football player for the Minnesota Vikings, and I just 
couldn't fathom spending a whole game crashing into people and getting points. I spend all day trying to avoid crashing into people. (laughs) And he said, bring it, Jane, come on. And I said, okay, you're on. And I ran into him as hard as I could. (laughs) And he didn't budge a dang inch. (laughs) Who was the the player? I can't remember. They were all there at practice and we had gotten permission because I loved, I wanted to run the field, see how big it was. understand a mental picture of yardage no i don't remember who it was it could have been any one of them it could have been the i don't know but it was just the best experience um, for me because i love hands-on learning anyway i'm glad you are loving nascar and the next time i hear those wheels go round and round i'll think of you all right thank you very much jane thank you jane yeah perry como loves you jane yeah really (laughs) They used to call him Mr. Relaxation. (laughs) No more hands? No more hands. Okay. If any hands do come up, I I want to ask you a question, Colby, which you might not know the answer to, but I'm sort of curious. You were talking about all the the gear the drivers wear, you know, the the fire suit, the helmet, uh, the straps, the, you know, how hot the whole thing is. Do you have any idea how much weight the drivers loses in in a typical race? It varies. Um, It also varies on how hot the weather is outside and how hot the racetrack is, because that can exponentially increase the temperature as well that they're dealing with. So it just varies. There's so many kind of multifaceted um, elements to to that, uh, but they, they definitely, I'm sure, lose some water weight, if nothing else, um, you know, every time they're they're in a race car for a race. And do they, how do they, do they hydrate themselves? They must during the They do. Yes, they they hydrate. And then you'll see a lot of them if they're, you know, if it's really, really hot, wherever they are at, whatever the, wherever the race is located that weekend, um, they'll go, you know, get IV fluids after the race to rehydrate. That that happens with football players too and other Mm -hmm. sports. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Uh, Colby, uh, any more questions from the panel? We do have a race 10 also. Okay, go ahead. Oh, we do have a race 10. Who is it, Diane? Who is it? Yes, it just just went up. Herbie. 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 Yes, Herbie. All right. So first of all, comment for you guys. I'm going to question for Colby. I'm so glad that you explained this whole NFL thing to me because I was really wondering, like, okay, We've had a shortened preseason. Now, when are the games going to start? So I was kind of wondering what was going on myself. So yeah. <clears throat> I'm, I'm glad that I, you, you, so there's no games this week, not till next Thursday. That's no, just like build games next Thursday. Yeah. Okay. I feel like they're being cheated somehow. Yeah, they added the extra game, but I don't know. Um, well, they, well, then, the reason why they moved that is because they have a 17th game because they pushed it through. Yeah. So that's why that preseason game got pushed into the regular season slate. Yep. Um, and then my question for you, Colby, I don't remember if I've asked this or not. So do you have a favorite racetrack that you like to, you know, for to watch or listen to races rather on, you know, do you have a favorite? No, I love all of them. <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, then let me ask you this. Do you have a preference? Like, like if, do you have any preference for short tracks or the oval or the road, uh, road courses? I... I love all of them. I think each racetrack brings something different. I 
do, I enjoy all of the different types for different reasons. Um, so your standard kind of mile and a half in length racetrack, um, the differences kind of in those can not only be the shape, but also the degree of banking. So how sloped the turns are. Um, your short tracks, um, you know, those are fun because there's a lot of action sometimes. So lots of crashes. I mean, it really just kind of depends on um, the track, the day. Um, I think road courses have their place and I enjoy them because it gives, it adds something different. The cars are turning left and right versus just turning left. And depending on the geography of the road course or the topography, if you will, um, you know, that can be drastically different from road course to road course as well. So I always enjoy trying to learn about each track and um, get a sense of, you know, okay, what are the differences between this track and this track? You know, how does that play into um, how the races are? But I, I really, I don't have a preference. Um, I, I just, I love, you know, each, each one. NASCAR next year, for example, they've added a street course in Chicago. So they are going to be racing through the streets of Chicago. Yeah, that's going to be. Um, that'll be interesting. That will be. Um, Indy, the IndyCar series has done that in St. Petersburg, Florida. Um, yes. Two other things, real quickly, I'll mention. First of all, if you want a NASCAR song to get stuck in your head, Jane or anybody, uh, Cletus T. Judd, I love NASCAR. Um, and he he loves short tracks because they have more wrecks. So uh, um, anyway, and then also I was going to mention the Nationwide Series or Xfinity Series or back when I listened to NASCAR, there were the Bush Series. Um, I was it's actually, the Xfinity could, Series now. Xfinity yes. Series, yeah, no. Um, so they are actually technically internationally traveled because I know they've had at least one race in Mexico um, back in 2005. So um they have at least have done at least one. I thought they did a race in Canada as well, but I definitely remember the one in Mexico. So I just thought I'd mention that. And they actually, it was a kind of a joint race between the Xfinity drivers and some of the Mexican drivers. Well, the, the I do remember the Xfinity drivers. Well, I don't remember who won because um, this was a long time ago, obviously. But um, just that I mentioned that they are technically internationally traveled. So there you go. Thank you, Herbie. Uh, anybody else, Diane? Diane, anybody else? Uh, no, sir. Okay, terrific. Mm. So, uh, Colby, you're welcome to sort of stay on. I think we, we may uh, sort of talk about other sports, which you're welcome Real to stay quick. on. Oh, and uh, we'll find out what sports you like, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, we have a hand uh, going up and down. Oh, okay, uh, well, let's, uh, let's see if that per hand wants to see stabilize or, or not. Yeah, <laughs> really? it's, it's, his hand is up. Okay, so who is he? Who is it? Tim Hill. Ah, Tim. Hey, Tim. Hello, Tim. How are you? You'll need to unmute. <clears throat> I'm not hearing him. I'm not either. Why don't we hold off until he's ready to talk? We're just eating time. Okay. Okay. So, you're getting back to football. Um, there's been a lot of infighting during practices this year. I find that very, very disturbing. I don't see 
And to, to someone's point earlier about backing up the preseason, that's a disaster to me. Because part of the problem, I think, is heat. All right, fine. Maybe players have some passion about things that are going on. But the heat only magnifies that passion. I, here's, I, another, here's another problem I see, though. All these young players that are trying to make a team. They don't have a lot of time to really see if they have what it takes to make a team. Well, when you're down to three preseason games, that doesn't help. That's what I mean. And if it, yeah. if it gets down to two, then that means those folks that are getting drafted or the D or the players that are the U the uh, UDA, the undrafted free agents have to basically. So why they this- can make the roster in a hurry. So why this urgency to cut back on the football preseason when baseball does it for one month? One word. Money. 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 Yeah. Money. They want you make, that. You look. make a little bit more with a with a regular season game. But let me let me let me say this. The, talking about the preseason, possibly mm-hmm. going from three to two, different teams approach it differently. Sure. Some teams used the the you know, they, they did the scrimmages uh yep. pre game scrimmages. Yeah. Wednesday, Thursday, and, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, they're two-day workout right. with an opponent. Mm-hmm. Some to get teams, their work in. Some teams let their starters do most <clears throat> of that scrimmage, mm-hmm. and they used the game itself to see what kind of depth they have with the backups. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know if it was you know if it's the heat, Bob, or if it's just the the competitive nature of the guys. I think I think you're 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 right you're right on that front because I know the Titans in the preseason didn't use a lot of their stars hardly at all. Basically, their starters who were you know did pretty much all of the two a day work and let like a Malik Willis play. Basically, played all the every game of the preseason. I think we may have seen like maybe some you know small number of snaps. With a Logan Woodside, but you didn't see Derrick Henry. You saw a lot of a che- you saw a lot of a chestnut. You saw a lot of Dontrell Hilliard, a lot of receivers that are trying to make the roster now. So yeah, I mean a lot of basically a lot of the preseason games are to see how much depth you have, you know, right. moving forward. And I think the Colts the Colts did that the Colts did the Col- now the Colts did that now that was it was kind of interesting that they put Matt Ryan in there with the ones. With that, with the with the starters, and they had some backup guys in there with them, which is a little bit odd to me, though. And I, th- I, I think I, I think Belichick did the same thing, Bob, with uh, Mac Jones. I think he got a couple of snaps, and then the bat, the kid from Western Kentucky, Bailey Zappi. Most of the there. starters weren't in long this yeah, preseason. Maybe right. a series or two. Right. right. I, I, I'm not at all clear that the fighting uh, is worse now. You know, the preseason fighting is worse now than it was, say, 20 or 30 years ago. And the reason right. I say that uh, is because there were there was far less media coverage back then. And also, oh, we never heard it, about it. That's right, you never mm-hmm. heard about it. And no, back 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 in the 80s and 70s, there were two days where you where people wore pads for you know twice a day. Yep, uh, and uh, you know, talk about heat and and most of the time it was like seven in the mor- seven at o'clock in the morning, and two or three in the afternoon. I mean, I mean, talk talk about that. I, I you know, I remember hearing Mike Golick talk about his experiences and when when he was playing football, Mike Golick senior, mm-hmm. and he was saying there are there are always fights. I mean, people were just were and they were right. so 
irritated with each other. They couldn't wait for the preseason game to start. So they, exactly. They, they, their they, look, they wanted to, they I, wanted I, I, to I, hit I, somebody I, else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they so wanted I, to hit I, another colored jersey. <laughs> I mean, now, yeah. What what went on with uh, Arnold? At, you know, with the Rams, of course, was you know was not cool and shouldn't have happened and all that. But I, I'm not sure that it, it you know it's it's all that unusual compared to the way it was 20 or 30 years ago. You just didn't hear about it. I could no. be wrong. I could be. I, no, I know. I, I mean, because now look, now with the what we got social media wise, and you know, everywhere you look, there's like a cam- somebody with a camera on their cell phone, you know, doing a video, taking a picture of this, and then they put it on Twitter, and then it goes viral because yeah. you see it from practice. Oh yeah, so at least mostly, mostly they that. were they were fighting against each other. Yeah. In in the in the in the, in two a days, but now they get to fight against the other teams when they exactly. do the joint practice. <laughs> yeah. And and that's going to get more coverage because you know scrimmages. You know, against other teams are going to get more coverage than your your average practice. Um, right. So anyway, I, I it isn't at all clear to me this is that unusual for this year. Uh, I could be wrong. But I don't know. I, I think I think you're right. I, th- I think with this social media world we live in, you're going to get a lot more of that coverage instead of what you got back then. Because back then, all you, had, you had to wait for TV or your newspaper or have to call some type of a phone line just to get sports coverage. Yeah, now you don't have to do that. You know, Tim Hill still has his hand up. I can send a request. I yeah, think you ahead. should at this go, point. Go, if he, go, go, go yeah. ahead and do that. We're, we're happy if, to talk. If to his him. intention is to talk to us, yes, you're right. We'd okay. And we're, and we're running out of time. we got like five minutes left. Less. He's going to get his question. More like three. Well, if he's going to get his question oh. in, he might want to. Okay. He Now another person has their hand up. Um, Tim okay. has, nil, has still not responded. So I think I'm going to lower his hand. Um, okay. Go ahead. Okay. And, and you said there was somebody else who wanted somebody to else yes. who had their hand up. Yes, um, Peter has his hand up again. Okay, Pierre. Yeah, uh, is it all right if I change the subject? Uh, go right ahead. You have two minutes, you Pierre. Have two minutes. Okay, I am a Mets fan. <laughs> what what has happened to the Mets bats? They they have just died. You know, I heard oh when Scherzer gets back and Degrom gets back and it's all going to be great. But they're pitching their heart out, but the bats aren't scoring any runs. Pierre, um, can I tell you something? Yeah. I hate to do this to you. The Atlanta Braves, I think, are going to win that division. The Braves are coming. Are. Look, the, they're and, coming and, quick. And the thing is, the, the only the only way the Mets lose that, the only way the Mets win that division, is if the Braves do what they did over the pat over this weekend. Their bullpen coughing up the lead. The Mets will be fine compared to my Yankees. The Mets will be fine. I wouldn't worry for one minute about. Well, Don, here's the beauty. Here's the beauty of your team right now. You got a ten game lead. You, yeah, well, your Yankees but, have a ten game lead. Yeah, but uh, but the problem, lose, yeah, but the they problem lost is, a lot of games. Yeah, yeah they lost the a lot of games. But here's the thing: but the Mets had a the uh, Mets had a ten and a half game lead when they went to California. Do you do you remember? Do you remember nineteen? What was it? The year that they had that big lead and they did the same doggone thing they're doing now. I, I think I think you got to give the Braves a lot of credit. They've yeah, because I mean, eight, incredibly well. They and, do and this the Mets, a lot. And yes, the Mets, they do. The Mets have not played badly. You know, the Braves are just a really, really good team, and I think they probably will pass the Mets. Unfortunately, and look here. And here's the here's the thing with the Mets though. If the Mets get stuck having the, if the Mets get stuck having to play the Padres, 
I don't think they're if they, if they go from leading the division to having to play a wild card game. If their bats don't pick it up, I don't think they're going to even get out of the wild card round. We'll talk about that and more next week. I want to thank everybody, especially Colby Garrison, Thanks, Colby. for taking time out of her busy schedule yeah, really. to uh, share her thoughts on her NASCAR experience with us. Colby, it was a real pleasure having you on Sports Roundtable. Thank you, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, and you're welcome to take part again, either as a guest yeah. or a participant. Or a caller or whatever you want or to call Whatever it. you wish. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you very much. And thank I want you. to thank uh, our panelists for uh, always working well with me on the program. And also to Diane for filling in as our facilitator today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Go safe with God's blessings, everybody. Have a great week.